0: Uh, We're really excited because we get to walk through um, two times a year what we call family series. February is usually geared towards the romance of the kingdom because I want to make sure that everybody knows that if you're going to get married, you have to have God in that thing. And it's very necessary. So in this series, uh, we talk about relationships. In November, we want you to stick around because in November we talk about family, but we talk about all of the different roles in the family. Because one thing that we're not going to be afraid of is talking about the things that are actually touching our lives in church. So in this series, we're talking about everything, singleness, marriage, dating, sex, what sexual orientation actually is, where it comes from, because we want to make sure that the people of God, can somebody say, are equipped. Okay, so is it cool if we just jump right in this morning? Okay, cool. Let's do it. If you open up your Bibles, um, we're going to go from the New Living Translation, and we're going to start in Genesis 1.26. Now, somebody say now. Every time that we start any of these series, Genesis 126 is usually going to be the basis anchor scripture that we're going to uh, go to. And you might be asking a question why. For those of you that are in the room that this might be your first time ever hearing a sermon like this is because anything and everything when it comes to sex, marriage, relationships, it was never man's idea. It all came from God. So we have to go back to the most perfect book of the Bible so that we cannot be skewed. So let's raise your right hand and say, I solemnly swear. To allow the word, of God to the word of God be the foundation, be the foundation. for the next, the next four weeks. If it doesn't appeal to you, you can pick up whatever you were doing before. But as for us, there are some people that are using these principles and their lives are working through. So let's go to Genesis 126. Here we go. New Living Translation. Uh, one second. Okay. So Genesis 126. It says, then God said, somebody say, let us. Yes. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Somebody say, Our image. That means that you're supposed, to look and, uh, you're supposed to look like God. Then it says like us. Somebody say like us. like us. That means that you're supposed to act like him. Everything that God can do, you can do. Somebody say amen. amen. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock. Let's jump down to 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Somebody say male, male. And, female. and female. He created them. Right there, we understand that men and women might have different qualities that make them different and function different, but they both have the same power. The same breath that was breathed into Adam was breathed into Eve. So in the kingdom, there is no such thing as a weaker sex when it comes to their purpose and their passion. Amen. Verse 28, then God blessed them and said, somebody say, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Something that we can assume based off of this scripture is that the first relationship that ever was created was created by God. Yes. God agreed with himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he made us not just to fulfill a purpose, but he actually wants relationship with you. Yes. So we don't just serve a God that just wants us to like go from point A to point B. He actually wants to know you. Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? But here i just want to set up a little bit of 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 structure now how many of you guys like statistics and numbers i became a huge number guy like in the last five years and there's a group called the Barno group that basically does like these case studies and they do um surveys of and they get information regarding the church so i I want you to listen to these and write these down 23 percent of active church goers are single of those 23 percent Singles are not, uh, who are not active in or committed to a church are searching for a meaning and purpose in church. So what this is basically telling us is that 50% of, uh, 50% of the church feels that they have emotional hurt that's been unresolved. Another 45%, that, that's up to 95% of the church, if they don't feel emotionally hurt, they feel like something is missing from their life. So what this has done is that it means that people are now engaging in church to learn how to get through their current circumstance rather than coming to church to learn about Christ. So churches swell during these sermon series because people are like, oh, my marriage is going through something, let me go to church. And then we tune in and tune out like Insecure on HBO or Game of Thrones, and then once we're done with the series, then we're gone. So then we'll wait until November to get our lives back, right? So, But what we need to understand is this. There are some of you that you are making a decision not just to be postured in relationship, but to be postured in the vision of AWC. And putting your family together is a piece of putting your life together. So I just want you to make, just think about it. Take four weeks and think about it. That in these next four weeks, make a decision if you will stay here at AWC based on the life that you get in your marriage. If your marriage gets better, stay. If you start to see each other better, stay. Because of the fact that this is the thing, The kingdom doesn't just grow better just by marriages the kingdom grows better by somebody say healthy marriages so today we're gonna unbox some of those 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 topics we're gonna talk about the relationship with God and I got my parents here to help me and is this gonna be really good if you're ready for the word clap once
1: okay thank you anything from you love
2: I just want to reiterate what uh, PJ just said so quickly and that is As good students, here we are again in another major family series on relationship. Now I want you to sit up. I want you to just allow your mind to come to this space. I want you to be present in this time because it could be something that is shared up here today could be the next step that you really need to consider. Notice I said, consider. Because we are not experts. We are just perfectly open in front of you to share with you how things have worked for us. Yeah. All right? Do you have your agreement on that? Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, so they, they use a lot of words. <clears throat> they use some words, and I just want to make sure we get the, uh, the lexicon of these words correctly. Because words mean a lot of things to different people. So uh, they will use the word single when they talk about people. I don't like the word single because that divides us. But every person in this room should be single. And if you're not single, don't get married. Um, If you haven't found out who you are, what you do, your identity, and your calling, that's the number one goal in your life. Right. And you need to, if you're if you're dating and we'll get into the first point, but if you're dating and thinking about marrying someone, you don't want to you don't want to marry somebody like the like the woman on coming to America. Bark. Jump. No, 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 no. You can't make those promises. You know, do whatever pleases you. That's what sister gonna do. No, you ain't. You ain't gonna do that long. You are not going to be able to hold that posture the rest of your life. Neither is he. So singleness is the goal. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with being single and unmarried. But they're different. Clear?
0: Clear.
1: Number one point today uh, we want to we talk to you about is this. Uh, God was Adam's first love. God was Adam's first love. As a matter of fact, the scripture sort of gives us this innuendo of how much love Adam had for God. And I'll show it to you. Um, In Genesis 3 and 8, the Bible says, and they heard the sound. This is after they fell, so to speak. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. In the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. Among the trees of the garden. Now, here's what this means. God and Adam, God and Adam had an appointment every day. Right. Every day during the cool of the day. It doesn't mean in the evening. It means at the appointed time. At the appointed time of the 24 hours that God made for Adam, Adam and God were together. They were together naming animals. They were together counting the gold in the rivers and seeing the diamonds in the hills. If, and I can read more scripture, but you can read that on your own. They were together working, say working. working, right? This was Adam's love. He was walking with God. He was in relationship with God. And if you read down a little bit later, it says that God put Adam and Eve in the garden and Adam was naming the animals. And right in the middle of naming the animals, God said, whatever Adam called them, that's what they were, yeah. right? And right in the middle of naming the Adams, God said these words, you, it ain't good for my boy to be by himself. In other words, Adam didn't go to God asking for a wife. Adam wasn't raised to look for a wife. Adam wasn't looking for a woman because she'll never please you. Hold on, wait a minute. That's next week, brothers. I'm going to talk to y'all next week.
0: Okay, hold on. But, whoa, t- but yeah, t- we ain't going to do that this so, week. I'm not going to answer it. Okay. Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I got
0: to ask it then. Maybe it's a private conversation. So it, based off what you said then, in a man, we're not supposed to look. We should be actually God-led. Period. You,
1: you, you need to be, brother, you need to be as happy with God for as long until he says, you know what, Martin? Uh, I know you thought for 26 years you wouldn't be married because I did. Right. He said, but I want you to get married. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, God. I'm like, good. I'm here. I'm working. I'm enjoying myself. I don't have any issues with any of that. So I'll fast and pray about my wife. He said, you don't have to fast and pray. I know who she is. Okay. Right. Right. But you've not dated her. You've not gone to sleep with her. You've You've not done any of that. But this is your wife. But that was because I was getting off doing what I was doing. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Being with God, a loving, prayerful, dedicated, very intimate relationship right. with my heavenly father. Right. God has to be your first love. That makes sense. Because no one else will love you. And no one else is designed to love you like God. That's good. And I'm going to show you, men. When you, I'm talking to men, uh, we, we lay our lives down for the foundation of the world. That's our job. We lay our lives down. We lay our lives down in, in every area. And the, re- the reason we can have trouble everywhere is because we expect love from people who cannot love us. It's not that they don't want to. They can't. And your woman gets overburdened, depressed, overweight, because she's trying to give you something she can't that should be fulfilled in you someplace else.
0: That was point one. But I I think that there's, there's, there's clarity there because before God gave Adam a person he gave him his presence. Like he had had community with God. And then after he gave him presence, he gave him purpose, name all the animals. And it wasn't until he fulfilled purpose that he gave him an option of a person. Mm -hmm. So I love what you said because we believe here that you should be so enthralled with your singleness. Traveling. Like you shouldn't have to wait to go to Costa Rica once you're married. Like it'll look different when you're married. Like you should start the business. You should go to school. And I love what you said. Like I was... I literally got pleasure from God that I would have got from a marriage that when it came to being married, like, I don't need, not that you don't need it, but my relationship with him is so great that if it doesn't happen, this is okay. I think that's very vital.
1: So people should ask themselves, ask yourself this question, and sometimes you might sound schizophrenic, say it under your breath. Ask yourself this question, ask yourself, say self. Self. Say it again, self. self. Where were you when you decided to get into a relationship? Where were you in your head? Where were you in your spirit? Where were you emotionally? Were you even ready to deal with yourself in a relationship? Now, spend 15 seconds and answer yourself truthfully. You can lie to everybody. Right. But do not lie (laughs) to yourself. Were you even ready to deal with a boyfriend or girlfriend? Were you even ready to deal with a husband? <laughs> Why weren't you? Because <laughs> you didn't really, you weren't comfortable in who you were. Right. Everything works better when you know yourself.
2: You know, my little take on that is going back to the origin of mankind. And that was the backdrop as P.J. was talking. We really need to go back in order to come forward. I I think often, how can we turn this madness around? And I think it is actually considering the origin that God made a man and God made a woman. But I want to bring this little thought into play. Parents, It is our duty to raise little boys and little girls to understand apart from their relationships with us as parents that they came from God. And that we begin to lay out a foundation that you are what you are because God spoke it into beginning in Genesis. I think we have to go back all the way and begin to erase the society's definition of things. We have a lot of work to do, but it is possible if we begin to sit down with our families and consider what foundation have we come from. And that is in the word of God in Genesis, God said, let me make males and females. And that we would love him with our whole heart, our whole souls, our minds, our bodies. And we don't get that kind of talking. We are born and, I mean, pretty soon, even in elementary school, we're trying to hook up. You weren't born to hook up. You weren't born to just be married and all these things. There are so many other chapters in your book that I think sometimes we just skim over. But how about us loving God? understanding him, getting a revelation of him that is clearer in order that we can move forward. Would that be helpful? All right. So in doing that, then you can begin to, number two, agree on your marriage model. And I thought we were jumping into this a little quickly, but this is where society has kind of been turned upside down. Hmm. Your marriage model is one that actually has been prescribed by God. Yes, sir. But most of us as women, we think it is our duty, and it is our privilege to decide what marriage is. Why are y'all looking at me like that?
0: Because we're listening.
2: Oh, you are? Yeah, okay. You, like,
0: when, you don't like 20, <laughs> we interrupt you.
2: Oh, that's okay. But, you know, the marriage is something that... Anyway, uh, the marriage is so important, but is it? I guess I'm just... Whoa,
0: sorry. I just did it.
2: Please help me, Josh.
1: Oh, now you want interruption. She said the marriage...
2: What did you just say? I said the marriage is important. Or is it? Or is it?
1: Keep talking then. What do you you think?
0: So I remember when I was courting Vanessa and we were getting engaged. And I remember my mom asked me this question. She said, Is she so important to Mary? And then she filled in the blank with other things that you won't finish school. Is she so important to Mary that you'll walk away from God? Mm. If she's that important, then you shouldn't marry her. The marriage is not important. I just remember that so vivid. And you said that in front of us, and Vanessa was like, Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. We we're you're we're well, yeah, right. Good, (laughs) smart. Because any other advice from her, marriage would have been over. And it would have pointed to you if she was the right one for me. Yeah,
1: that's my job. My job in the family is not to be liked. My job in the family is to make sure that my children don't marry people that's going to change our destiny. And if you would give up God for her, right. one of y'all need to be in the bottom of the Missouri River. Yeah, you know, yeah. Somebody,
0: we got to work this yeah. out. <laughs> but I think that, que- that question is so vital. Yeah. Is, is it that important? And I think that that saved, everybody has a testimony. But the biggest pitfalls that I have to talk with my wife now as a married husband was because I thought the relationships before her were more important because I didn't see you. I didn't see her in my future. And I thought that the woman that I had fallen in love with in my head didn't exist. So it became unimportant. So for every single person in the room, and I'm speaking, I mean, we're singles, but like people, you know, between the ages of like 19 and 30, the question is, marriage is important. But that that was so tough, is it? But is it really? Yeah. Because yeah. if you have to get married to pursue no. purpose, then we got a problem.
2: There, there's nothing wrong with you, if you do desire marriage, and there's nothing wrong if you don't. There's nothing right, exactly. wrong with you.
0: I think that's right. The yeah. And
2: I think that's what need to be clarified. And then you know sometimes we are running after this thing, uh, trying to lay hold of this this. Um, opportunity called marriage that marriage could be your one way ticket away from god now i see that over and over and over again you love god you 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 claim that you're single whole and complete and you come to church you have a regular church attendance and you're just desiring to be married and no sooner than somebody look at you cockeyed you say yes and then It is your trip away from God. We were talking about this even in prayer that, you know, the world says shop around, shop around, right? Well, you don't do that in church. You don't do that inside this thing called the kingdom. If you really want to be jacked up, shop around and you will become a clown.
0: And your life will be turned
2: upside down.
0: Right. So you
2: need to be very careful sitting in here hearing these things. You won't listen to your mama. You don't want to have your dad to say anything to you. But those God has put those relationships in our lives to safeguard us. Right.
1: Mm.
2: Remember, I'm the one that say all the time in these series that, you know, you have the bumper pads when you were babies in the crib. Well, parents are those continuous bumper pads in your life. Callie, don't do this. Don't go there. Don't stay that long. You know, just say no. You understand? You need those kinds of guards in your life because broken people seem to connect with other broken people. They need each other. They're looking for love. But as we understand, God is love. So I just want to say a couple more things here. Uh, uh, Don't compromise your vertical relationship alignment for a horizontal relationship. You really need God to stay at the top of your life to help lead and to guide us who to talk to, who to sit with, who to have coffee with, who to give my cell number to. So we can, you know, just you don't want to be your own man. I think some of the dumbest people are people that think they can navigate their own lives. (laughs) Not only does it take a village to raise children, it takes a village as young adults to really make the best out of your life. Don't destroy what God has put in your life to be a help to you. You're going to regret it. And then I will say this. God never promised you perfect happiness and a conflict-free life, our marriage. Mm. We're two human beings. As Josh said earlier, we're powerful, both of us. And you're just going to have to learn, according to the word of God, all the methods. He said, if you get upset, don't let the sun go down on it. That means talk. Even before there was a life coach, even before there was professional therapists and counselors, the word of God was already here because God knew. That two powerful people weren't gonna agree all the time. So he put it in the book. Say he put it in the book. Put it in the book. And if you don't read the book, how are you gonna know what's in the book? Right? He said, uh, You know, young people, unmarried people, uh, you're basically unmarried, not single. Unmarried means you just don't have a spouse because you really desire one, but you're definitely not single. But you walk around here in the Christmas season.
0: what? Being unmarried does not mean that you're single. Does not mean that you're single. It just means you desire marriage. Yeah. Okay, are y'all paying attention? Okay. We
2: said a lot there, but are y'all going to break it down later. That was But but unmarried, uh, you're unmarried. You're not single because you're not whole and you're not complete yet. You got a whole lot of baggage that needs to be taken care of before you hook up. Right? Mm
1: -hmm. That's good.
2: But anyway, you walk around, here talking about what does a lonely do at Christmas? Well, if you get in the book, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to rap to you. God said, I'm trying to rap to you. I done wrote the books of Psalms. All of that is, I put Solomon in there. And you talking about old Jack who ain't called you in three days. He said, I'll never leave you.
1: I'm telling you. You
2: talking about, you talking about I'm God, you. girl. You ain't talking about Jack. You ain't talking about Billy Bob, you're talking about an almighty God. He's the God that said I hold the universe in my hand. What you upset about? Why you crying? Get yourself up, get on down to the right. Mm -hmm. Your daddy told you you were beautiful. What you crying about? You better hear me this morning. Don't you trade your daddy in for Billy Bob. And your girlfriends, they're still broke. Listen to your mama. You sitting up in here grinning to me. Listen, them folks ain't gonna be there when that man hitting you across your head. You better hear me this morning. Getting out of your mom and daddy house could be one of the worst things you do prematurely. Listen to me. God knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Parents are necessary. Mm-hmm some of the loneliest, busted, and disgusted people in America and in this church are married people because they were not single before when they looked up. they got married, up. yeah. That's all I want to say about that. Somebody look at somebody and say, you better hear her today. Three. And you know what? Too, let me just say this. Get it out. You of gotta let jump me just in, say, hey. Josh. You have to jump when <laughs> there's a space. Let me just say this. I'm gonna say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm you gonna. You have hush. to
1: jump in there. You Y'all can't...
2: wanna hear this? I'm telling you. Do you know one of the <laughs> biggest? You know, I'll stand up on this because you're gonna need to hear this. You're gonna have to sit up like a young man and a young woman. Now, we talk about adultery, right? Kali, hear me. Adultery. We say, oh, somebody's serving Buddha, somebody's serving the Hindu, all these idols. But one of the biggest forms of adultery is looking to another human mm. to complete you or, or to be or to be the he ultimate died. cure-all.
1: Yes.
2: You gonna look to him to take care Period. of this? Mm-hmm. He is incapable. So when you do that, when you turn away from God, who is the almighty God, the all-knowing God, the supreme God, he sits high and looks low, he knows everything from the beginning to the end, and I turn to a mere man like me, that is adultery. It is adultery.
1: And idolatry.
2: Because you are saying that there is someone else higher than God idolatry Leon am I saying that right? Adultery that you have built altars and things that you look more highly to than God and that does lead us away from God because whatever you got you're going to have to work all your life to keep it because it didn't come from God and it's going to be painful hear ye Hear ye, the word of the Lord this morning. Settle down. Settle down. Become sober and listen to some of these principles and consider them.
0: Uh uh-uh, uh. No, don't clap. I got a bone to pick with you.
1: Okay. Oh, so boy. around
0: Thursday night, around Thursday night, at around seven o'clock, I said, Ma these folks need to hear from you. And then you said, I ain't got nothing to say. These folks don't want to hear from me. You're gonna be the new pastor in April. But mom, you could teach the whole Sunday service. You could actually teach the whole sermon series. Uh Uh-uh. These people don't want to hear from me. How many of you would love to hear an entire sermon series from Pastor Linnell? Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Bet. We'll make that happen okay so write down the um write down the write down the title of the sermon no it's my turn write down the title of the sermon the sermon title today is God loved first and I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it to you in the scripture the only reason why we have a basis of loving anyone is because God loved us first the only reason why we have any type of sexual desire for the opposite, uh, uh, um, opposite sex or for another person to be able to procreate is because God desired procreation and he created us. So anything and everything that we feel in between our legs, in between our ears and our hearts, it didn't come from our biology. It came because God loved first. So that point that Pastor Linnell was talking about, about choosing your marriage model, is because there's really only one. The relationship that God had with Adam and Eve was that Adam was never the source. He always looked to God. The minute that he looked at himself as the source, they were kicked out of his presence. And that's what Pastor Zanel was talking about. But I want you to, um, to, to, to write down this point. Our interest in others began with God's interest with us. If you go to Revelations 4 and 11 in the New Living Translation, I, I love the word of God. Because it's as Pastor Zanel said, if you really know the word, it, it never fails. Church and the Bible has never hurt anybody. People in church and people with Bibles have hurt a lot of people. But the Bible is perfect. The structure of church is perfect. Imperfect people have hurt people. And really quick, I apologize for any person that was given the wrong information from somebody that didn't have the right information. Right? Right. Just just so that you know. We're hoping that there can be some correction and reconciliation. Because I think that it makes God's heart so much more happy when we stay together. There's a glory in finding someone after, but I think it's different when there's reconciliation. Revelations 4.11 says, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. But this is the part that we don't, I've heard it taught a bunch of different ways, but I'm going to break it down. It says, for you created, somebody say, all things. All things. All things. So God created sex. And and the container that he created sex for is marriage between a man and a woman. That's how he created it. So when we start to have these conversations of, well, I'm same-sex attracted, or, well, you know, I like to do this, or pornography, that's okay. That's lust. But if he created all things, it should come with no sorrow. So being addicted to pornography, yes, it's a physical release, but it comes with sorrow. Like, do, Do you want to say what I'm saying? If you have, my parents used to tell me this. Joshua, if you have to ask if God would be pleased, you probably shouldn't. Will wow. God be pleased if I do this? The fact that you have to ask that question. Yes. Somebody say all things. All things. All things. He created them all. And they exist because you created what you pleased. Yes, sir. In the King James Version, it says that everything that God created, he created for his pleasure. Yes. Hmm. So when we look at that, that means that if the love is not whole, we cannot say that it comes from God. If it's lacking, if it's missing different pieces, if, if, if the love is not pure. Um, and I talk about this often. I love my wife amazingly, but the love from a woman is pure. It's like, y'all love us for the most ridiculous reasons. Because it's pure and it's untainted. But I think that it's the perfect view of God. Because the only person that can actually love you as you are is God. So instead of trying to love people in our own strength, that's why we have to use the strength of God to love other people. That's the reason why we teach it here that you should love people based off of how God created them and not how you experience them. Only been married for a year and a half, but there are some experiences where we have looked at each other and been like, I love you, but I really don't like you right now. But this is the thing. God has never not liked you or not loved you because of what you've done. There's nothing that you could ever do that would make God be like, yeah, you know what? I I ain't fooling with dude today. He never feels that. He never considers it. The DNA of what we find attractive first starts with who loves us first. Mm. The reason why you, you, you can look at my relationship with my wife is not because I'm a good person. It's not because I followed instructions. It's really because I got to view a marriage and a relationship that some people think it's perfect, but we got to see the struggle and then walk out. We've never hidden our struggle from anyone. And that's the thing. Because Pastor Linnell mentioned it. And the word of God says there will be hard times. Will be. Not that the there is. might. No. There, somebody say there will be. There will be. There will be. Avoid that. So they used the pain in their marriage to teach me and my sister how to walk through it. Yes. Then they gave us an invitation to bring the pain in our marriage back to them. So leave to cleave does mean, because I, you, you, I can only be um, um, physical with my wife, but leave to cleave doesn't mean leave and stray. Yeah. It means leave to cleave and bring back to the crib so that you can realize who I am, because the best teachers of who I am isn't me, it's them. Mm. Many of the areas where we are falling in love can be traced to areas where we have failed in our relationships with God. Many. I like the bad boy, you don't know God. The word of God says that God is a gentleman. So any person that's a manipulator, any and every young woman, because trust me, it doesn't matter. Because persuasion and manipulation are the same thing. They're just wearing different coats. Wow. A boy that can get you to get in the car and leave your parents' house after dark, I promise you, he is not the man that God wants for you. And let me prove to you why. If he is the man that God wants for you, that means that he's still underdeveloped. And the only reason why I can say that is because Joshua was underdeveloped. I was very underdeveloped when I went after it, and I had to come back and repent and say, you know what, the only reason why I'm not loving this woman I want to marry correctly is because I forgot where I learned love from. Mm. So here's a mark for all of you that are trying to figure this thing out, and you're in between the ages of like 18 and 75, right? (laughs) It's because it's all of us. Go back to where you first saw love first. And if that is tainted, before you fall in love with somebody, yes. figure out the love that you saw what was wrong with it and learn from it. Yes. Yes. Because what my parents have taught us is that it's impossible to love somebody in a way that you've never seen. So because if you do achieve to love somebody in a way that you've never seen, it's falsehood because you never saw it. Right. And you can only keep up a facade for so long. That is so, true. so God loved us first. That's the reason why we love. So let's talk about
2: being unequally yoked and your spiritual compatibility. This is the big kahuna. Not outside the church, but in the church. Now, immediately, when I was a young woman and I would hear the preacher talk about unequally yoked, I immediately thought, that meant I could not marry somebody down the street
1: or on the street. Unsaved? What do you mean? Down the
2: Unequally yoked. Just somebody outside the church. Oh, the okay. community, the, the church community. Yeah. I just assumed that they were telling us that anybody outside of our little four walls, you know, they were either sinners or whatever, but. Um, outside that,
1: your denomination. Yeah,
2: outside of your denomination, okay. outside of my church building. It got down to the physical. That's the way I I perceived it. It was my perception. How many of y'all understand what I'm saying? You could feel like.
0: Well, hold on. But we can't go and not say that there are some irresponsible people in ministry that are using the word of God to manipulate people.
2: Oh, that's understood.
0: Okay, right. You just
2: said that. Yeah,
0: so. uh, uh, They just didn't know. They they, they might not have known, or it might have been manipulation as well.
2: I am actually was saying the same thing you just said earlier before you turned it over was that some of the most erroneous things yeah, that's are what, said right. from the church. Exactly. Yeah. From
1: the platform. Right. Agreed. In limited understanding... And, and, and what we what we have to... I interrupted you. No, I know. it's okay. I'm going to pay for it later. So, the... Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: erroneous, erroneous, Erroneous really means they didn't know any better.
2: Limited understanding.
1: Limited understanding. And we have to admit... We're doing the same thing right here on this stage. We're talking about stuff we may not understand that once we grow, we might look at it differently. And that's why you need your own relationship with God.
2: And so when you hear things, I was going to say this in the prayer room because most things should be a confirmation because you're already in your word, right? Right. It shouldn't be a big surprise. It shouldn't be an aha, you know, but but there are a lot of people because uh, vision, they're not in the word. Right? You're just coming to church, come along to get along, and you want somebody to supplement what you should be doing. But you've got to have a relationship, an intimate relationship with the book. In the book of Eli, I just got to have that book. You got to lust for the word of God. That's why the Bible said, he that thirst and hunger, they will be filled. But you got you to feed yourself. But being unequally yoked and, and, and having a, uh, you're not spiritually compatible. Hmm. So unequally yoked, you can also be, somebody over here could be hearing the same word, but you guys shouldn't be yoked together. Because everyone have a measure of faith. And you, we tell young women, do you want to teach him or do you want him to be able to teach you? So we want to talk about that. In 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through the 17th, it is so amazing. It says this. I want to read it to you from the Message Bible. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? Because he talks about your body being what? The temple. We belong to God. But That is exactly what we are. Each of us, a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it that way. And it goes on to talk about, so leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself, says God. I'll be a father to you. You will be sons and daughters to me, the word of the master himself. You know, when we read these things, I bet people that are, you know, that could care less about what the Bible says, I bet they'd be thinking, these people are tripping. But I would love to lay my life up against your life and let us compare. I would have to say that, you know, being a young woman in church and loving God, that I came out pretty good. I didn't have to get all banged up to realize that I didn't want him. You understand what I'm saying? Guys, we can be smarter living our Christian kingdom citizen walking out this lifestyle. You don't have to go down that road. Will you please listen this morning? Somebody is about to do something stupid tomorrow. Don't do it. Reconsider yourself. Don't do it. Get off that train. Get off that bus. Because, you know, your, your relationship with God is an indicator of how your relationship with everyone else will be.
0: Can I tell a really funny story? Tell a
2: funny story.
0: So I went to home. Tell it. I went to homecoming one year, and I brought this girl home, and I hadn't told my parents about who she was. So I brought her home.
1: Oh, and there was a
0: whole bunch of other people. And um,
1: why would you put yourself out there like that? This is not going to end well. Oh, it's
0: going to be great. <laughs> I, I'm not embarrassed. It's great. And this might be somebody here. And it might be a younger, a younger person, you high school You better come whatever. get your brother, She was Kelly, She was real cute. Anyway. So, uh, no, she wasn't. You Kevin. So I brought her to the house, and there was a whole bunch of other people. And we got the food and whatnot. And we were about to go to the, to the homecoming. And as we're leaving, the young lady says, Joshua, hey, I'm going to go get in the car. And my mom comes out with, like, a robe and a bonnet on. Like, you know. When you see your black mom in a bonnet on in front of a company she ain't ever met, she does not care. So mom comes out the room, and she's sitting there, and she's, she's shaking the young lady's hand, and she looks at me, and she says, you know that you can always say no. In front of the young lady's face. Let's go over her hand. Lady walks out the door. My dad goes, and walks away. But I think that that is so virtuous because I didn't talk to her after that day and some stuff happened in her life and there's still redemption for her and reconciliation for her because if that's what she desires. But you can always walk away. Like you can be sitting in this church right now in a very demonstrative relationship with a person that you know God has said this isn't it and you can leave today and be done. The only thing that keeps you in a bad relationship is our lack of understanding how beautiful we are. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to trust my mother, who's not been wrong in this situation, in other areas where she has been wrong, it hasn't hurt me? Or I could say, you know what, I'm gonna deal with it, and then I could have missed out on the best thing that ever happened to me, because of the fact that I felt like I was trapped, but you're not trapped. All you have to do is say no. And if you can't say no,
1: you need some people around you. To say no. That will say no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was very disrespectful.
2: Yeah. I, I no, think...
0: no, no. That was hilarious. You though. You knew what was getting ready to happen. You brought you her up. You knew to our how house. we felt. We were just chilling. Did you, you think were we were well?
1: Did you, you, think think you decide we were just I, I was playing, playing her games. up in
0: our house? Are you house. out of your mind? Right. That's yeah, what, so hold was. on. So listen. So I come back home from homecoming. <laughs> yes, sir. I come back from homecoming. Mama in the same room. No, we gotta move on. And no, same road. You know how you you know how you black no, moms he do. Can't. All moms do this. No bae. No, bae. I came in he the house and she said, You brought thing. her into my house. Yeah. You let her eat my food. Who do you think that I am? And she went right. to bed and I didn't talk to her for like three days. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You don't but all have, you have to do is say no. You don't you don't have permission.
1: You don't have permission. Oh my god. You you're an oxen. You were, you were trained to be an oxen. You're a working man. You know who God is. You're strong. And you bring a chicken in our house.
0: <laughs> Mama said, you, does she you even love chi- the Lord? Does she speak in tongues? Does she talk? Who, is who are her girl? parents? I don't know. Just met her last week. No. I don't know. Tell your children, don't be no
1: chicken up in this house. We don't care what her color of her skin is. We don't care what nation she's from. We don't care if she's big, tall, fat, whatever. Does she love God? We are not going to spend the next 30 years of our life trying to convince some chicken girl, some chicken head, how to pray. We ain't trying to do all that. (laughs) No. No. And if you want to marry her, go get Joe, Joe Bob with a degree off the interstate inter, internet to do y'all wedding, cause we ain't coming. Write that down. Getorday.com. Write, write that yeah. down.
2: Yeah, do all that. Say, I, I remember Rebecca. We Rebecca, have to move
1: ahead with uh, this Rebecca sermon Crawford though. Rebecca
2: Crawford says something. I want you to write this down, <laughs> and this relates to your parents or anybody that you value. Why talk to a person no. to get advice that you don't plan on doing? Yeah. What an insult. Yeah.
1: Your children need a slap across their face clavically yeah, yeah. to my wife if and kids. If they bring somebody in your house, and right. golly, and you like... Stop talking
2: to people if you don't want to hear what they got to say. Somebody is on their line that want to hear them. It's an insult yeah. not to listen to your parents. And, your, a,
1: and your sister was looking at you in the sister. ninth grade. Your yeah. sister is watching this, and she upstairs looking down going... Hmm. I wonder what they're going to do.
0: I wonder if they're gonna fix this. So they're we to make it sound like I was fixing the marry girl. You we brought going, it up. We were going to the dance. We when it saved to... me.
2: Well, you I, I know a lot of people that right. went to the dance today that had to get hooked up because of what happened outside the dance.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Tough. It is
2: so never me... just I'm going to the dance. So, so here we go.
1: Right, but y'all gave me a curfew.
2: You wait a minute. Wait, what? Wait, okay, what? Unequally yoked? Unequally, so unequally yoked. yoked. The, so you know, finish that unequally up. Unequally yoked. Marriage does not equalize a mess. Yeah. What's <laughs> gonna happen is this. Remember, we said it's not a cure, all right? I don't care how good looking they are. Don't solve it. I don't care how good they smell. If they're not in the alignment with God, you're going to have some problems. And these are the kinds of problems you're going to have. It's after you say, I do. The word of God says a house divided cannot stand. So what is that saying to me? You cannot stand against itself. You're going to have troubles somewhere down the line. So what kind of trouble? You're going to have opposing values and beliefs. It's going to sound like this: Do we baptize them or do we dedicate them?
0: And that is a thing.
2: Your values are going to have to be tweaked or just. This is where we talked about the collision, where you're going to be fighting like casting dolls to try to decide who, which one of us we're going to be. Hmm. You didn't get married to do that, I hope.. Hmm. That's why it's so important. It is imperative that you sit yourselves down in premarital counseling.
0: Why are you fussing today? Because. because she ain't got nothing to say.
2: <laughs> when you go
0: back to post production. <laughs> listen, listen. Look at her notes compared to how much she's talking. She got something to say. Look at your neighbor and say, she got something to say. We come this
2: far <laughs> by faith. Listen, when you align yourself with people, you're going to always spend all of your energy, all your time trying to make adjustments that if you had done it God's way, you would just be flowing. And you'd be laying in the bed wondering, could this be the, a, a better day tomorrow? I mean, you use so much brain energy when you're outside the will of God. You're going to be dealing with unnecessary frustrations all the time. I get so sick of him putting the cups on this side. Doesn't he realize I put the cups over here? Foolishness. Just all these little things that drive you crazy. But if you were with the right man, I don't care if you put them on the floor, honey. I just want to be with you. You understand? Do we put, we do, do the toilet paper come this way or go this way? I don't care. You can put it on the floor. I just want to be with you. You understand?
0: You want to know it what a good? Be so
2: good, Josh. You want to know what a good barometer You don't even have is? a clue yet.
0: You want to know what huh? a good barometer is? What? of me... a good marriage? What when it's disgusting to watch in public?
2: <laughs>
0: there was a man. His name was Mr. Patrick Tyrants. <laughs> Him and his wife yes. over the over he used to say we're <laughs> over the moon in their sixties, and he I, this, can we talk about this in church? Yes. They used know. they were helping us build and stuff, and like he would like grab the back part of her 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 calf. And she would look at him and say, watch out. And I'm like, y'all old. (laughs) And this man would look at me and he says, but we want you to know that this thing is for real. Like, I wish that we would bring that back to the church where what you see in the movies isn't the first time you've seen it. Mm. Where husbands passionately kiss their wives like in the mouth. And not weird, not like (laughs) sultry, but like, no, I'm proud to be with this person. Right? So like one of the best things in the house, ha- like you guys hear it when they say like, oh, I hope you punish me later or whatever. And y'all are like, oh my God, Josh, how do you feel? No, my parents love each other and there's proof through their affection in front of other people. It's amazing to see my mom actually still be sexually attracted to my dad to the point of where I got to look at my wife and be like, yeah, we should probably go home. We should probably go home. Why? You ain't gotta go home, the house is big enough. Why? No, it's just being underneath the same roof. Because what it's doing is, it's setting a precedent. Hey, hey, hey,
2: that's why you it's knock. Setting. That's why you knock before you enter. You,
0: no, and babe. You no, long no, before, no, no,
2: no, knocking no, is not this enough. this is why Wait. I moved no, out. No,
1: no, no, no.
2: No what?
1: The our house. That's why we bought it. It's a big enough house. Uh-huh. We can go where we want to. He ain't got to knock because he can't get in and he can't hear what's going on up in there. <laughs> That's what that house is. It ain't. It ain't no razor thin hey. walls. That's what it was built for. My God.
0: My God. Okay, I lost my point. Go ahead. Anyway,
1: finish up your when point. We were talking
2: about no. unequal. Let me give my last point. It's I think okay. you
0: appreciate it. Wow.
2: But uh, is this non- how the
0: transition's gonna go? This is how it's gonna be. From like, this is how it's gonna go. No. All right. Okay.
2: I-, I just want. I, don't know, I-, I just want to people up. to understand. As bad as some things are. No. It I'm,
0: can gonna be as good. I'm gonna finish my point. I'm gonna finish my point. What? what I was trying to say is this. What, Josh? is that if you have to hide who you really are with that person in public. What you guys saw in that video, I'm a weirdo. But I married a weirdo. So when I, there's, I can't embarrass she's her cute. in front of people. If, you, if it's embarrassing to show who you are, if you're affectionate, overly affectionate, and you can't be affectionate with that person, why you gotta hold my hand all the time? Why are you kissing me all the time? That is a sure, fire sign that something that burns on the inside of you will be snubbed out because you want to make a good face i don't care if we're in church i don't care if we're in front of the president if i want to kiss you on the neck i'm going to kiss you because i'm married to you okay so now you go ahead here go lord have mercy go ahead
1: well i'm I'm agreeing with you but i'm understanding you because i've known you for 30 years 29 (laughs) no i've known you longer i'm not 30 i told her she was pregnant so to me Yes. You thirty, but anyway, you brought us up here. But what I'm saying is, shouldn't have. No, yes, you, shouldn't. yes, you should be, you should be affectionate of whatever that is in yeah. your marriage. Yes. You've been married a year and a half. Some of that's going to change as you get older,
2: for the better.
1: It's going to change for the better. For but if you're with the president. Don't let him kiss you on the neck. Right. But <laughs> just know I want to. It's you your marriage should be, your marriage should be straight up freaky when it needs to be, and it should be diplomatic. When it has to. And it should be able to go between each in the flip of a moment. <laughs> depending upon where you are. Wow.
2: That's true. Yes. That's and point. the church said amen. My last point, point, my yes. last point about this unequally yoked. You're going to have constant, when you're unequally yoked, listen to me. Listen to me. When you're unequally yoked and you go ahead and push past all those red flags, you didn't listen to your daddy, you, you didn't want your mom to say anything till you're telling the to dress too short and all that kind of stuff, you're going to have constant clashes on money, Housing, children, church involvement, food, everything for the rest of your relationship until you get it right. You're going to have clashes. You're going to have war because you wouldn't do the necessary thing. Slow down, read the Bible, and apply it since you call yourself A believer why do you call yourself something that you have no intention on living and governing your life with there will be clashes that's why the word says you better get out of that house you would better be on the rooftop than be in the house with an angry woman (laughs) it is some kind of bill to pay when there's chaos in the relationship so take your time. Talk to him. Say, so boy, do you ever read the Bible? Matter of fact, can you read? All right? Hear us today.
1: We'll teach this later, but there are 12 areas of yokeness. You got you to understand that it's not loving God is... You don't even put that on the list. Does he or she love God? But if you look at if you look at two oxen, there are twelve principles that come to mind. We'll teach this later, perhaps. But those but those oxen, those oxen need to be born within a year of one another. Those oxen need to have the same shoulder height. Those oxen need to have the same gait and how their feet work, how their shoulders measure, and all of those, there there are eight or so more. That you need to understand before you get married, I'm hooking myself up, and this will be the only covenant I have on planet. The only covenant I have on the planet. I'm getting ready to be yoked to this person. Yoked, 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 yoked. Right? But I need to be equal. Because if we're the different shoulder heights, one of our shoulders is gonna get raw. If we don't have the same gait, somebody's going to get tired. So, loving Jesus is not enough. That. Yeah. But you're going to have to move together because some of the big moves you want to make will be limited by the person you're married to
0: and where they come from. Yeah, I, we but have that's a, a three-day seminar. Yeah, so a, who's next? It's you. It's you. Oh, okay. So, okay,
1: so number five, and I put this down. Men, men we'll talk about this next week. So get, give me three minutes on this. Here's the point. Women were not created to be man's source of pleasure. Only source. No, source, period, period. Women were not created to be man's, the male man's source of pleasure. That's not their job. Because, because she, she can never be your source of pleasure. Ever. Yeah. Never, ever. And that's why you're hitting her. You're mad at her for not being able to give you what she was never designed to give you.
2: That's so good. Somebody said that's true.
1: The Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says, then the Lord, the Lord, the Lord did one thing. He took that man. He took him. Once he made him and trained him, he took him and put him in the Garden of Eden. That's where the man gets his pleasure. He gets his pleasure from being in the garden where God put him. And girl, you got to let him get in the garden. If if, if he didn't get in the garden before you married him, you got to help him get to his garden. Don't worry, he'll include you. But if he never gets to his garden and don't ever laugh at his garden, you deserve. You don't. Des, he. You don't deserve to be in his presence, if you see his garden as something small, because gardens grow. So that man in your life may have a little pot. It's just a little thing, that he can't describe. It's a pot, with a little bitty daisy in it, right? You know, that's it. You're like, no. My daddy told me to marry a man with a garden. I need an acre with some corn over here, some tomatoes. He will get there. He'll get there. But don't laugh at his little pot with the daisy in it. Because he's going to find somebody. It's, it's, it's going to happen. He can't live without it. But, okay, so. But, okay, sell some water somewhere. So the 20th verse, the 21st says, uh uh-uh, uh, y'all been over there. So the 21st says this so so ga- Adam gave names to we have to fight through this at home and even on stage so so Adam gave names to all the cattle he gave names to the birds of the air he gave to the beasts of the field, but adam there was not found a helper comparable compatible come whatever you want there was not found one for him, Adam wasn't thinking about the pleasure of a woman because he had pleasure doing what he was called to do. And you want a man who is comfortable doing what he is called to do. If it's uncomfortable, if his comfortability is uncomfortable to you, he's the wrong man.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: If, if Linnell at the time, because my engagement to her was an hour long conversation from Korea with her father. You know, this is what's in my heart. Now he asked me at the end, do you love Lanelle?" And I said, yes, sir. I wouldn't be calling you if I did not love her. I've not touched her. We've been friends. We grew up in church, but I I love her. I want her to be my wife, but I want you to know my vision. I want you to know where my heart is. I want you to understand me. He says, I understand you got permission to ask her. So while I'm talking to her, she wanted to know if I loved her too. And I said, I wouldn't go to college if I didn't love you. I told you that up front. I love you. I want you to be my wife, but this is my vision. This is who I am. I was listening for how she felt about what I wanted to achieve and be. You know, so that I wanted her to understand my little garden in my head so that one day if I walked up to her, not just to buy the Walmart for the church, but in my head, I'm thinking one day I might want to buy the Walmart for our family. I want, I might want to be worth a billion dollars. I might want to own land everywhere. I might want to own a school. I might want to own a bank and I didn't want to come home and have to fight with a person that didn't understand my garden was growing. No, we can't do that. We can't get in debt like that. We can't think about that. We can't grow like that. Now I'm fighting a fear. Now is anything wrong with her? No. Anything wrong with me? No. We're just not the right ones to be together. Men, next week, we have to find out how we get pleasure from doing what we're called to do. That way we can enjoy our wives and not put pressure on them to be something they were never designed to be. Ladies say, it's just too much. She can't be your mama, your sister, provide for the house, take care of the babies, be your counselor and your therapist. She she can't be your beating bag. She can't she can't be the place you take out frustrations. Go to the John Brown gym. Hit some hit a brother that can hit you back. I mean uh, it's like you know. <laughs> I bet you won't hit no dude that can hit you back though. Knock <laughs> knocked the hell out of you, and if she. And, and, and if she can get a chance while you're not looking, she ought to hit you over the head when you turn around with a skillet, a bat, or something. <laughs> ask, ask, you know, ask, ask Al Green, Al Green to tell you. <laughs> a hot bowl of grits.
2: You know, I thought about the garden, and they, I think this has some they truth they to it. Out of the many years of us being around being married ourselves and sitting with wonderful couples. When you talked about this garden, I think we've taken uh, the, the society's understanding of that. I think, guys, this is me thinking out loud, Josh. <laughs> I, I heard Bishop Strong say, I'm just, I just wanna share this. I think in America, the concept of you having your garden and she's having, she has her garden and it has driven a wedge between us. Your garden, you're growing corn. I'm growing zucchini. Two different things. And seem like we're always at odds when the two are supposed to be walking together. We're walking in separate uh, dimensions. And like you talk about the oxen, they need to be with the gate and, and the I just think there's a problem. Do I really need a garden? Or was I supposed to come over to your garden and be a helpmate? You know, I think we, we need to, to think about that. Yeah, you, you, I got my job. You got your job. Oh. Then, uh, then it happened. I got my bank account, so you got your bank account. No, Everything, so. if you wanted to be unmarried, you should have never said I do. You were married to put stuff together. Yeah. But I understand why not, because you were unequally yoked, so you don't trust. In our marriages, we really need to consider, do I really trust him? Do I really trust her? And why are we living separately, yet we say we are married? Because we have clashes.
1: Why would you need your own garden?
2: Because I don't... I don't really trust that you're gonna be there for me. And my mom and them, with their crazy thinking, her mama told her, and her great great grandmama told her, girl, you better have your own garden. And what they were doing is putting seeds of division in me, in you. And you've now got to look at the thing for what it is. Has the two really become one?
1: But see, that's the real reason for marriage. The real reason for marriage is that we're agreeing to yoke ourselves together. Yoke. Yoke. And in a yoke, you can't plow in two different gardens. You can't. Yeah.
2: You are helping me.
1: Yeah, well, that, you know.
2: Because I don't want no garden. Right. I got a house
1: to keep. But, but a, a man, a man of vision, A man of vision that doesn't really need you to be something you're not. It will free you to be something you are. And who you are is a helper comparable to me. You are a helper comparable to me. It's not that you don't have your own vision, but your vision really needs to be me and what God's assigned me to do. That's, that's got to be your vision.
2: It should complement you, whatever you're yeah.
1: doing. Yeah. And so, it
0: should be very easy.
1: Easy. But, but with ease.
0: Yeah. With ease. Yes. With ease. Not easy, but it should be Well, I'm ease. not
1: going to, you know, I'm not going to give my life to a man. I'm not going to do all that. Mm. I'm a strong, independent woman. Uh, a, a guy really upset me when he found out, really, he found out that, um, that our daughter was accomplishing things. I knew her when she was such and such. He says, "I bet, I bet she's a strong, independent woman now." And I said, "That's the dumbest, most asinine thing I've ever heard a man say." <laughs> he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Now listen, to, listen to me, y'all. In some cultures, they want to label the women as strong and independent." what those words mean is she's not a wife or a mother and right.
2: right. 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 she doesn't need a man
1: she don't need a man <laughs> strong independent. Independent. i said my daughter is neither <laughs> she's meek and she's a wife, a mother and a grandmother. That's who she is. She can join with the right man and help him build. Now, he better have a vision, though, because that's how she was trained. And he's got to be strong about it. He's got to be able to articulate it, even if he can't make it happen. He's going to need to be able to tell her, listen, this is what's on my heart. This is what's on my mind, because my daughter is built to run. She's built to build. You get what I'm saying? But you, you have to really understand that you are, you, young lady, you, you, young lady, You are complicated and layered, and you are a wife if you're called to be married. You're a wife at 12 if you're called to be married. You're a wife at 16 if you're called to be married. So now you're asking God to open up your heart and your mind to a man that's got a dream big enough for your womb here and your other womb. Because both of them give birth to stuff. And sometimes you got, my man hadn't done anything. What womb you give him?
2: Did you abort it? Did you miscarriage it? Because you were the one that was carrying it. That's so good. That
1: is good. so n- next
0: week, we done? <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands, so I'm just, I'm waiting. So here's the final point. The objective of this sermon was to set the basis that marriage is awesome. Yes. Marriage is cool. And I'm only speaking from how long I've been. But it's, it's cool. It's beautiful. But I want you to write down this point. Marriage doesn't complete your kingdom walk with Christ. If God desired for every person to be married, when you came to earth, he would have given you one. Um, people in the military tell me this all the time. If, we, if the military wanted you to have a wife, we would have issued you one. Okay? Okay. The church can be an amazing place to foster love and relationships, but God never called us to marriage. He called us to be fruitful and multiply. He didn't say, and I made you to be married, because there is a section of people in church who are actually called to fulfill purpose unmarried, yeah, yeah. right? It doesn't mean that you're not going to deal with like, the temptations of like, what your body tells you to do, but I want you to write this down. Marriage is a calling from God and not a standard from culture. And this is something that I'm learning, I'm still learning, is that I was called to be married before I was called to be her husband. Because in order for me, somebody say for Pastor Joshua, in order for PJ to fulfill his purpose, I have to be married. Whatever God has purposed you for, it's going to come equipped with something. So that means that if you do not have the desire to be married, you shouldn't allow what you see in the church to push you out of purpose with God. Because that's where this dissension comes, like, God, why am I not married? Maybe it's not because you're not attractive. Maybe it's not because you're too fat, too small, or Br- brother, you, I don't know, you don't have hair or whatever. Maybe it's because God hasn't called you to be married yet. Because Pastor Nell teaches an amazing class, and she's going to be doing it probably in her small group with modesty, of don't awaken love until it's right. And for a lot of us young men, pornography wakens a love in us that's waken's perverted. A lust. A
1: lust.
0: It's, and it's perverted. So then that's why we have little boys that grow up into old grown men that don't understand that no means no. Can we talk for real in the church? You can fulfill all God has for you without a wedding ring. Well, Joshua, you're just saying that because you're married, but I fulfilled a whole bunch in life before I was even interested in the woman. I, I traveled and I, I you know, wrote a book, started the business because this is the thing you have to understand. God's number one purpose for a man is that his purpose be fulfilled through the earth, not that we be married. So marriage should allow you to continue in purpose and it should ultimately push you closer to the cross. So instead of asking if I can have kids, the biggest questions that I even have to ask to this day, how many of you guys have ever asked the people around you that are married, why did you get married? Yeah. <laughs> like, what purpose do you feel being married? What could not be done by God by you getting married? Yes. Because if the answer is nothing, then it's not that you, that, that, you should be, that you shouldn't be around, but maybe we should go back to God and ask him, God, what is the point of our marriage? Why do I find this person attractive? Why did you grace us with children? Because each and every one of your children, before you named them, God saw them. And he purposed them for you. Well, Pastor Josh, you don't know what's going on in our house. I don't, but let me let you know. There was stuff going on in this house, but we were still purposed to them. Marriage has never been the goal. Fulfillment of purpose is always the goal. So the reason why God loved you first is to share with you how much he loves you. God loved you so much that he created this container for your, your physical body, your, your sexual wants, lust, all those different things. He, he built this container called marriage so that you could fulfill purpose. By the end of these four weeks, our biggest hope, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. My biggest hope is that AWC will become postured and just be okay with what God has given you you may never see the eiffel tower with your wife but i love my wife right like me and my wife got married during the uh (laughs) during the pandemic and i at first i wanted like this big giant wedding i wanted to invite everybody but if i wasn't okay with what god gave us in the time i would look back at our wedding pictures and be like man look look at this dusty marriage (laughs) but my parents reminded me they said that you're marrying her not the people in the crowd The biggest hope for all of you in the room is that you would have a personal relationship with Christ so that God can share with you what his romantic plan is for you. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a romantic plan for you. Look at your other neighbor. Like he has a rom- God has a plan for your romance. God, God has a plan for that burning desire for you to get married. God has a plan for that burning desire for you to have children. And guess what? As long as it stays with him, he will always fulfill it. He will fulfill it for you. Amen. The hope is that today's message did it give you some hope today? Did it wet your palate for what you're gonna get in the next four in the next four weeks? Cool. Let's stand and we'll release you. We'll stand and we'll release you.
1: Uh, make sure and pray for the families in here right now, who are working through some of these things.
0: Yeah. Sure. I'll leave that to you because there's a I, I don't I know I don't.
1: Well, that's fine. You do.
0: There's a reason why you guys are on stage because a lot of stuff that you guys said if I said it all of them would have been like what is he talking about? So that's why they're there. So you should. On that.
2: And to those of you that are unmarried and you're developing a de- definition of what God meant about single and being whole and complete, I really ask you to dive into that because as you know around here, I'm still single. I'm still yoked to him, but I'm single because my, my purpose and fulfillment is first unto God, So God wouldn't allow me to get married and stop fulfilling my purpose and my due diligence to him. So that's why it's good to be yoked together equally in in your core values and your spirituality so I didn't have to stop loving God in order to be yoked with him. So it does make a difference when you're single. You have the greatest opportunity, young man, young woman, to really... Step into this with the pace of grace. All right? So remember
0: that. Um, an, an older man, before uh, one of my mentors, before we got married, he says, Joshua, marriage is not going to fix your loneliness. He says, marriage is not going to fix your lust. Marriage isn't going to fix your um, connection to a computer screen or, or, or to fulfill certain things sexually. The only person that can satisfy your pleasure God. is God. So if you're married, grab the person's hand that you decided to live life with. Yeah, the person you're married to. And if you desire to be married, if you're single, if you're by yourself, wrap your arms around yourself. It might be weird, but this might be the most love you give. Do it. This might be the most love you've given yourself in a minute. And look at yourself and say, we're enough. Or say, I'm enough. You're enough. Here we go. Father God, we thank you so much for every single person that is in the building and watching online. God, we thank you that before you called us to marriage, you called us to yourself. God, we thank you that marriage is not the pinnacle of our lives. We thank you that romance isn't the pinnacle of our lives, but the pinnacle of our lives is actually having a romantic relationship with you. So God, underneath the sound of my voice, any person that's in the room, that's watching online, that has fallen away, that's walked away or strayed away from their first love, which should have been you, God, we pray that you would show yourself as a gentleman this week that they would be able to fall back in love with you first. Before we go back to fix our relationship with baby mama or the broken relationship, the ex, the wife, the the, uh, the stepkids, whatever it is, God, that we would first go to the source of where pleasure comes from, which is a clean, wholesome, holy relationship with you. God that as husbands and wives are holding their hands today in this room. Even the ones that are holding hands right now in this room and it's a show for other people but they're struggling. God, we pray that the anointing and I don't I don't have it, but the anointing of families that you've reconciled in this church. God, we pray that that would flow to them even right now. Come on, begin to receive it. God that this would be the, this is going to be the sermon series that's going to save someone's marriage. This is going to be the sermon series that's going to give a young woman the clarity to realize how beautiful and worth she is. This is the sermon series that's going to allow a young man to, be, uh, to, to walk away from any type of, of things that's taking him away from understanding who you are. And God, this is the sermon series where we're going to understand that you are good all by yourself. If we never make it to the altar, you're good. If we never bear a child, which is which is something that some people are struggling with, even if that doesn't happen, that you're still good. So, God, we ask that you would bless your people. We ask that you would bring us back to this place the same way that you're taking us home, which is safely. In Jesus' name, everybody said
1: amen.